Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Red Bull's Max Verstappen, fastest in the Miami Grand Prix practice at the Hard Rock Stadium ahead of the fifth round of the Formula One World Championship. The two Ferraris were next in line, but big drama towards the end of free practice two as Charles Leclerc steered it straight into the barriers. And what could have been a nasty accident, we'll discuss about whether that was half intentional in terms of the way he crashed. Max Verstappen still leading the way. The day started, though, with all sorts of... uh, uh, fun and games with the track surface and, and of course, uh, just the track rubbering in as well, catching many drivers uh, out. And we'll talk about any of the big stories that have been making you click on autosport.com in the last few days. I'm joined on a Friday, as is becoming uh, a bit of a habit, and we like that, is the editor of autosport.com, and that's Hayden Cobb. Hayden. Hello, I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, actually. Of course, we are both in the UK, so neither of us got a ticket to Miami. Boo hiss. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's... <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so it's late, so I'm guessing our listeners probably listening to this um, probably not on Friday night. Well, it's already Saturday as we are recording this. So, um, free practice then. FP2, when they take the fuel out and do some slightly quicker runs, we saw Max Verstappen leading the way with Carlos Sainz uh, four tenths back, actually. There was a big, a bit of a big gap. And then uh, Charles Leclerc, another tenth back, followed by Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso in the Aston Martin, still looking a bit quick in Miami. Lando Norris putting in a quick lap for McLaren. We'll talk about that because he did it at an unusual time. Did it on the softs, but much earlier than everybody else. And then uh, Lewis Hamilton in seventh. Lance Stroll, eighth. Esteban Ocon and Alex Albon. George Russell uh, not getting a mention until we get down to 15th. He had some trouble with the steering rack. It was a experimental part in free practice one which then had to be uh, taken apart and put back together again and whilst uh, Oscar Piastri in the McLaren was looking rapid at some points was down in 16th but let's get into it so what did you make of uh, practice today Hayden well I guess it's worth saying it was a normal i.e. non-sprint Friday that's right very much a return to form uh yeah going off the excitement and balminess of of the first sprint race uh weekend of the season yeah traditional fp1 fp2 for friday and yeah yeah return to return to the normal sort of verstappen keen to get that quick early lap on the board and largely dominate dominate the sessions uh, and obviously, yeah, topped topped the second session by by a decent margin over the two two Ferraris, and and yeah, it's it is very much a teams could revert to their their normal Friday practice run plans, getting those yeah early laps in, a few setup tweaks here and there, and then when you get into the the, the meat of the second session, you do your yeah your soft tire run and halfway through, and then focus on the long runs and and. Despite a couple of red flags today, so there was one in uh, first practice for Hulkenberg crashing, and then, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, the second one for Leclerc crashing in, in for FP2. All drivers, by and large, got got a decent chunk of, 
or lap count up with them. So unlike Baku, where they were going in with a lot of blind sort of setups, they will have plenty of data to to churn through uh, tonight and and to tomorrow's final practice session. And uh, yeah, again, I think the pace, as you mentioned there, sort of the pecking order largely reflects what we've seen over the first four rounds so far this season, going into the the fifth round of, of, yes, Red Bull, at the front, uh, which happened certainly this circuit seems to be suiting him a lot more than Baku. He did. He has openly admitted as well that Baku is now not his, is not his favourite circuit. So seems to be of a weak one for him. And 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 I think yeah, he's feeling a bit more comfortable in in Miami, having won the inaugural Miami Grand Prix last year. And yeah, Ferrari uh, encouraging. They're again once again they're sort of second and third, running a new floor and diffuser, um, which everyone's been very keen to keep an eye on. And we think. Leclerc avoids damaging in his crash in FP2, but uh, we'll wait for the full diagnosis on that one. Yeah, big drama. Was it turn seven or turn eight? Turn but... he lost, so he lost the car, the rear of the car in turn seven. Slammed on on the brakes to not spin, and yeah, threatened the wall with his diffuser, and that just meant he went headlong in into the barrier, uh, wrecking the front wing and the the front right of the car. But yeah, at least from. From from my our, our vantage point, it looked like the the most important parts were all safe and and not too badly damaged, and and that was de- certainly the impression that you got from Leclerc's radio message as well to his team it was like, oh, it's all okay, don't worry. So they should should be all right for tomorrow. Yeah, I think Michael Schumacher did this quite famously once when uh, he he was short of parts, and uh, maybe it was sa- going into Sandoval or somewhere. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, he, I can't uh, remember uh, the, which year, but I, that does ring a bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A famous case of like he not even going to, you know, he knew that they were short on parts at the rear of the car, so it's just, I'm not, not even going to turn. I'm going to go headlong <laughs> in. We've got we've got front wings, we've got suspension <laughs> parts. Um, well, that's interesting. So of course we've gone straight from Baku to Miami. So very uh, little can um, in terms of development get done between those two races but I guess things could have been shipped or you know, that weren't ready for Baku or, or made their way to Miami anything making the news pages of autosport.com this week in terms of any technical upgrades that we need to worry about or is it much the same as a week ago well that's right you got it yeah spot on it mo- majority of teams haven't brought a great deal because of the tight turnaround between the two races but Ferrari uh always sort of said that uh, at Miami they'd be delivering the sort of their first bigger upgrades and indeed that's been the case with the the new floor and diffuser on 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 the car particularly looking at they know that they've got the single lap pace in the car as we saw with the clerk getting poles in in Baku but really looking for that sort of race pace and that tire life management and trying to basically put put Red Bull under a bit of pressure really and and yes it's it's early days and obviously Clerk's crash wouldn't have helped massively on their sort of data front, but um, it, it looks a, a fairly relatively positive step forward. So we're we're certainly keeping an eye on that over overnight and see what uh, see what they make of it come come the end of the Grand Prix on Sunday. Now uh, in free practice one, it was uh, Mercedes at the top, but FP one doesn't mean a huge amount. What we do like to look at is the long run pace. So uh, towards the second half of free practice too. Now that analysis probably hasn't been done yet. I'm guessing that's Matt Q is going to crunch the numbers. T- today it's uh, J- Jake Vauxhall Leg is, is is on the number crunching duty. Uh, okay. But yes, you're right. He's he's doing it right now. So <laughs> as as we record. <laughs> so we haven't got all the insights from JBL uh, on what that long run pace says. But uh, one of the things that stood out to me actually was on the on the quick laps. 
McLaren and, and Lando Norris, ah, Oscar Piastri as well, they were up at the top of the timesheets earlier in FP2 uh, in first and second when they put the soft tyres on. And what's interesting is they did this much, much earlier in the session when the track wouldn't have been rubbered in as much. Uh, and, you know, they didn't end high on the timesheets, but but really kind of going out of sync with everybody else. I wonder why they did that. And also given that the track evolved and got better that's still actually a pretty decent result to end up um you know where they did there's still so much we don't know about mclaren lando norris as i mentioned uh, sixth in in fp2 i still don't feel even though we're well, going into the fifth event of the season i still don't really know um where mclaren is of course they bought some upgrade bits to back you how do you think they're looking it's not not too bad like like you say they they went out of sync and, and that i think Potentially gave uh, Norris in particular a clean or clear track. Uh, yes, didn't, lost out due to the, the the track not rubbering in compared to everyone else. But having that clear track sort of negates that disadvantage a little bit. And that's why I sort of thought that yeah, he's he's starring higher on the timesheet than we've seen seen previously. But again, obviously their their cars had the first raft of upgrades very very recently, and they yeah extracting the maximum from that which we. Uh, have come to see with their sort of upturn in, in performance in in Baku. So, yeah, I think there's a couple of things of 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 that for for where they are on on Friday. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they're as they said going into Baku, this was sort of the car that they hoped they'd start the season with. And and yeah, you okay? You take a pinch of salt with the times today. But again, this is if you compare to last year, roughly in the packing order where they would have been give or take. Obviously, Aston Martin's huge step forward. So it's encouraging, and, and, I, and I think the team is sort of seeing that, thinking, right, we've got through that very difficult start where the car was didn't deliver on expectations, was un- underperforming in terms of the, the crucial data point numbers, and now they're clawing it back. And yeah, certainly they they now should be sort of considered in the midfield fight, uh, probably not in that realm yet of of. Uh, well, below obviously Rebel, but then that that Ferrari, Aston Martin, Mercedes fight. But you would you would start to think that they can be consistent fighters if for uh, for the rest of the places directly below that are uh, taking on the likes of Alpine, Haas, Williams, and and a few others. Yeah, one to watch, and certainly one I'll I'll be asking our technical experts to explain in terms of the track and the setup. Uh, and the bits that McLaren have bought. Actually, Norris was pretty much on Verstappen's pace in the first sector. Um, and so even though that was done at a, a very much different time of the uh, of, of the session, Norris was matching Verstappen's uh, purple sector, uh, but again was, was a lot further down in sector two and sector three. So we'll find out uh, why that is and what it is about that McLaren car that particularly suits sector one um, here in Miami. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll look at the big stories that's uh, that you've been looking at this week on autosport.com. Hang on there. Back in a sec. All right, let's get into the, uh, we are uh, looking at our Friday uh, practice podcast action with our man Hayden Cobb, who is the editor of autosport.com. So one of the stories we've been talking about this week is, is the surface of the track at Miami. Of course, uh, otherwise would get no use all year round in terms of racing. So very difficult for a Friday morning to, or even a Friday afternoon to really get a steer as the track rubbers in. But what is it about the surface that we've been reporting on this week? Yeah, so... Obviously, last year was the, was the first Miami Grand Prix ever around this track and everything was new. But the one thing that was sort of demanded by F1 on their return to it was that the whole surface needed to be relayed, basically, because it was tearing up 
uh, as the the race weekend progressed uh, last year to the point where they had to make quite drastic last minute uh, alterations and patch jobs before the Grand Prix, which was quite quite scary and surprising given that you know concrete should should be there to last. But um, to be fair to to the Miami Grand Prix organisers, it looks like so far they've done a great job because. Yes, the surface it, itself looks very sort of smooth and, and reliable, what they've seen. Um, but of course, because it is a new surface, and, and as you said, doesn't get use at any other time uh, over the year, it's, it's very green, as, as the sort of the phrasing goes. And it took a lot of time for the rubber to be laid down, for, for the grip levels to, to really sort of ramp up. And I think that will probably be another talking point throughout the re- weekend, because for certain that on the racing line, that the, the grip will get better and we certainly saw that even going through fp2 but when we get to the race and overtaking is going to become a factor which is obviously a big talking or and rather the lack of at baku um it's going to make overtaking harder because you know, the drivers just won't have that grip or that confidence offline when they're trying to take position so yeah one one to watch but it's certainly the the right moves that miami have done to to improve the track there's obviously been a few other tweaks here and there of, of moving barriers and slightly changing turn 15 but at least on on friday's running it, the the changes they've made are are the right ones the positive ones uh still got a fake marina despite <laughs> some some fears that it will be turning into water but no that's that's still there and a few other uh novelties and and the unique things that miami has brought to to f1 um most notably uh, at least for the interest of uh our colleagues at the races, uh, the the paddocks moved inside the stadium. It's on on the pitch uh, where the NFL is is normally being played. So yeah, it's very very different, but uh, a brave new world for F one. Yeah, now one of the things that struck me watching free practice is just how empty all the grandstands were. This time last year, we were hearing a lot of people who went along to it said, look, this was just an influencers race. It was full of VIPs and it was full of people who are uh, maybe the drive to survive effect. They've just got into Formula One in the last uh, you know, two minutes and they've all turned up with their selfie cameras and, and what have you. Uh, did you notice the same thing when you were watching? Maybe it was the angles. Maybe they have added more grandstands. That is true this year. Um, but with another race in America, of course, all the fuss this year will be about Vegas to talk about whether the US can have a fourth Grand Prix, uh, where there's enough of, of, of a fan base there. Did you notice the same thing? Plenty of empty blue seats. I, I, I did, yeah. It did seem a little bit, at least in the grandstands, quiet. From from yeah, speaking to people at, at the circuit, it certainly is still feels as busy, still feels as as crazy as it did sort of first time around. And I think. Let's just say I, I think it'll be back to its swinging uh, and mad greatness uh, on Saturday and Sunday when the when the big prizes are handed out because yeah fr- Friday and it's the same with with plenty of tracks all over the world fr- Friday sometimes at, at certain venues can be quite yeah low, low key affairs particularly when you go back to say the traditional uh, format of the two practice sessions not to knock it I know that's obviously been a huge uh point of debate between uh, f1 and f1 fans and yeah domenicali's wishing to come out and said sort of reassure people say the sprint races won't be the case for every grand prix going forward no matter what they oh thank do goodness i mean like six is enough so anyway. yeah but i think that's the the, the the flip of that coin is you do have these and i'm not want to underplay this podcast but these these fridays that are, are fairly low-key and, and and normal and perhaps you only have a couple of talking points um and that is potentially reflected in in what we've seen in Miami today, but that's not to say that um, 
it was completely devoid of action and people i think they were just they might have been hiding from the sun it was particularly hot and sweaty out there this today <laughs> i i like it i i've worked out one of the things that i didn't vocalize very well in my criticism of the sprint format change um as i was thinking about it over the last few days you know you have those moments in the shower of like oh i should have said that <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. normally after an argument you know or a disagreement but i was thinking oh he should have said that on the podcast one of the things that um i i've always liked about following formula one is that if you miss friday that's okay like if you don't catch friday if you don't catch you know saturday morning practice that's okay and that's fine but also a weekend builds and i hadn't really vocalized that as well and i like fridays like today it was yeah it was a little bit more it was certainly more quiet than last friday um but that's a good thing and we just get to ease like ease into the weekend but maybe i'm old so maybe that's just it so you know don't want to move don't want to move too quickly i I, I think you're right though in terms of having that variety and that's probably where domenicali was talking about today is yeah some some gone free weekends having the instant action on the friday is is a nice change just a bit of variety but like if you had that like you say every every weekend suddenly it's just non-stop and like you say if you miss a friday you feel like you've missed perhaps like a, a pivotal moment in in the entire season whereas unless somebody has a horrific friday and and something that we never want to see normally a season will not turn at all because they've had a bad fp1 and fp2 on a friday um so yeah but but also adding in that variety i think that's what where they're going for is like you just got to have that change up of sometimes too many low-key Fridays turns people away but then I guess maybe having too many like that causes other problems so it's that having that mix I know I'm trying to sound like a nice sort of adjudicator of it and that but I I generally sort of think having that balance is, is is a good thing to keep things fresh it doesn't feel like the same pattern over and over and over absolutely well um, i'm i'm pleased that it's not a sprint weekend and we are back even with the time difference of the two uh, the uh, the two evening uh, events and an evening thing tomorrow so if you are listening to this thinking oh what time is it on tonight 9 p.m uk time for our uk listeners of course for our european listeners 10 p.m or maybe even later for qualifying and then 8 30 p.m uk 9 30 p.m european uh, for the main event on sunday so of course late a late finish even if you're just watching it let alone the rest of us that are normally recording the podcast four or five hours after the flag that's going to be uh, a super super difficult one to record but never mind eh? uh, let's talk a little bit about finally some of the big stories uh some of the plus articles maybe some of the things that uh, you've really been really pleased to see people reading on autosport.com over the last couple of days any big stories that have done well Ah, plenty, of course. Uh, as I say, <laughs> always. Um, you know, we've had a little bit of. Um, I won't sort of delve into the full details of it because hopefully get people interested in it. But I had a bit more in, information from Lewis Hamilton about his the restructuring of his F1 support team since the departure of Angela Cullen, who was his uh, sort of very famous physio and sort of uh, right hand woman for for a number of years in his team. And um, yeah, it seems like he's he's adjusting to his new new world, new surroundings, um, and things are going sort of slightly better, I think, is the impression you got. Um, and also, sort of, yeah, to reflect, as you say, on the on the plus uh, side of things, John Noble wrote um, a very intriguing sort of column reflecting on sort of Baku and the sprint race we just talked about, saying that, it, yes, the, the biggest fault has sort of been exposed in terms of the the racing on the track is probably the biggest problem. Like we, the, the talk about is the sprint race a good thing for F1? Is the new format working? What what that weekend has shown 
was probably the main issue that is still developing is the cars are struggling to follow each other and therefore overtaking is trickier which is the major problem we had before this rules reset last year so i'll let you yeah catch up with uh jonathan noble's uh column that that ran earlier this week for the full details on that but um it, it summarizes perhaps yeah the the main focus of attention of where people should be looking rather than bashing the sprint races instantly let's let's say Absolutely. Well, some of the best writing on motorsport is in autosport.com plus section, the area that we reserve for our subscribers, where we like to think it's the world's best motorsport journalism, but you can be the judge of that. And of course, we're only talking about the fifth event of the year in what's a really long Formula One season. So if you'd like to get a whole, uh, pretty much a full year's worth of Autosport magazine dropping through your letterbox every Thursday and all of the access to the online stuff in between as well, uh, there's still plenty of the year to go maybe you're into Le Mans we have a 52 page Le Mans supplement coming together that can drop through your letterbox in the next uh, couple of weeks uh, no it's about a month away I think isn't it So, um, but you've got time uh, to get online go to autosport.com slash plus you can uh, choose the monthly or yearly option you can sign up for the first 30 days for free as well to see what it's all about if you want to become a subscriber and if you are already then thank you very much for supporting the work we do well there we go that is Friday in the books let's look forward to qualifying on saturday and at the minute i you know i still think red bull quickest ferrari looking quick here but i'd say followed by aston and then uh, mercedes and mclaren actually so let's see if i'm proven wrong uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one Podcast Network.